Welcome. We are Dream Life Worship Center of Randallstown, Maryland. Apostle Kenneth and Lady Linyar Robinson, pastors. Our worship service times are Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Morning River Prayer is held every first Tuesday of the month from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. prophetically decree this over you today and to show you that there is something that has already shifted in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. In Zechariah the 8th chapter, uh, we've been in Zechariah, believe it or not, a couple of times already this year, but it is a very strong prophetic book because it deals with people of God who are rebuilding, rebuilding the temple. Now, your body, your life is the temple of God in this. So this is how we apply this to our lives today. The Bible is written historically, so we can't just read it historically or have no impact on us. It becomes just information if we read it historically only. But it is also prophetic. It is also prophetic and it's also practical. So we look at the historical account and the Holy Spirit breathes on us how we're to apply it to our lives today. That's the whole purpose of coming to the church. That's the whole reason why we must hear the word. And so here in the book of Zechariah, there's a rebuilding. Say rebuilding. Yeah. And it's a powerful truth right now. I could just probably spend the next 10 minutes on that because it takes courage. It takes strength. It takes wisdom. It takes fortitude. It takes some spiritual resilience to rebuild your life. And there's not a single person in this temple today that has not had to participate in a rebuilding project in your life. You've had some things happen that have, that have, that have caused you to go back to your blueprint, to go back and, and, and to revisit your life, revisit your, uh, your vision and to restructure and to, and you had to do that because if you don't do that in life, then you'll never have a fulfilled life because everybody has to rebuild in life. So Zechariah is a book that we can extract truths that will teach us how to rebuild our lives because he speaks to Zechariah. Uh, to speak to Zerubbabel and Joshua while they are in transition of rebuilding. And so look, if you will, I'm going to begin reading at verse 11. But now, Zechariah 8 and 11, Zechariah 8 and 11. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. I'm not going to treat you the way I treated you before. See, they had gone through much captivity because of their disobedience. And so everything had dried up for them. Nothing was working. God wanted to teach them the discipline of righteousness. Teach them the importance of loving their neighbor. Things had become, and I'll talk about that as we move on. So he says in verse 11, verse 12, for the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. 
The ground shall give her increase. Wow. And the heavens shall give their due or rain. And I will cause the remnant of this people, this seed, to possess all these. Anybody ready? And it shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear, for your hands, let your hands be made strong. Somebody shout hallelujah. For the seed shall be prosperous. The seed shall be prosperous. One translation says, the seed will be now well. The seed will now start growing again. Somebody shout hallelujah. Go, if you will, to 1 Peter, just as a Corlane passage. I want you to see this. Let me just tie this in. 1 Peter 1. 22 and 23. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Having, watch this, been born again, not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever now that there's been a seed deposited in your life start loving again come on start treating people right again hallelujah Look at somebody and tell them, something is about to change in your life. Oh, my subject is, is a divine reversal. I was going to call it a divine seed reversal, but I, I just want you to hear the heart of God. That there are some things that are about to go in reverse in your life. I'm talking about the things that have been against you and the things that have been difficult for you. The Spirit of the Lord says, if you can receive this, watch this, that you have just entered into a zone of divine reversal. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's about 20 people that would praise him on that. Now, in our theme scripture, listen to this. The prophet Zechariah encourages his people, Israel. He says that God is about to bring some changes in Jerusalem. He promises them future blessings to Judah. He says these blessings are coming to Jerusalem, but they're coming through the Judah, the tribe Judah. Oh, my God. That's why I've been telling you all year long that you got to raise your praise. Because Judah means praise. And there are certain promises that can only be accelerated for Judah. There are certain things that can only be released to those who have the spirit of Judah. The spirit of praise. I have went through this long period of consecration and, and fasting. And I learned some things 
concerning the realm of the spirit, and, and really some of it is, believe it or not, physics, quantum physics too. That's just the, the natural side of understanding things in the invisible realm. But things in the spirit realm are accelerated. That's what I, 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 if I gained nothing else over those that period of time, I, there was a lot I could learn, but that I saw that when you uh, tap into uh, the spirit of God or when you get closer to the realm of the spirit, things move quicker and faster. Somebody shout glory to God. I mean, I mean, things that were taking this time, all of a sudden now, when you get closer to him in prayer and in fasting, they start accelerating. I'm going to give you an example. We were just in a meeting on yesterday afternoon, uh, and I was ministering to the men. And, and one of the things the Lord had me do was call out uh, those people who needed tuitions paid. Or you were either in school or you wanted to go to school and you just needed your tuition pay. You wanted, and I just said, I'm, I'm going to pray for people who need tuitions pay men. And they just started coming. And, and one of the gentlemen was a man in our own church. And I said, when I pray these prayers, because I understand the oil and anointing on my life for finance. When I pray these things, I know I'm like Jesus. Listen, Father, you hear me always. I, I know what's getting ready to happen. So I begin to pray and decree those things. Before they begin to turn from the altar, one of our, and this person was out there, looked at his text and he saw that his son just got informed that he got a $30,000 scholarship paid tuition. Come on, somebody give God glory. It happened just that fast. It happened just that fast because things in the spirit, when you get close, it begins to accelerate. And so I, I'm saying is even at a prophetic declaration that this divine reversal that the Lord has spoken to my heart concerning your life is getting ready to happen fast. But it will happen faster for the praisers. Okay, take about 30 seconds if you will. If you receive that, if you need some things reversed, come on, come on. I need some Judas in here. It will happen faster with other praises. This is not wishful thinking. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a prophet of God. If you, if you learn to worship and give sin Judah, things accelerate for you. You can get out of trials fast if you praise them. As long as you're complaining, you'll be, you know, you'll be camping at Wilderness 101. Because they stayed there in the wilderness because they murmured and complained. And the opposite of murmuring and complaining and living in a life of regret is to live a life of praise. And this is not in my notes, but this is what I feel the Holy Spirit is, is impressing. The future blessings, as Zachary saying, is coming to Judah. He says, I'm going to bring great wrath against your enemies. Jerusalem will be restored and called the city of truth again. Here's what I love this. This is why I know this is not just only for my family, your family, but it's for the community. He says, its streets will be transformed into a playground for boys and girls again. 
and a social center for old folks. Now, how many of you know we need that in the random, we need that in our communities? Come on, when I came up, the boys and girls, we played outside. And guess what? We were in the hood. Well, I was in the hood. I mean, it took, I had to get the revelation when I went back several years ago. I didn't know. I didn't, my father, he, I went back home to the project. I said, oh, my God, I was in the hood. <laughs> I said, this is, the, this is the hood. First 10 years of my life, I was in real hood. Real hood, y'all. God got us, I mean, the Lord bless my father, he got us out of there, man. But I was in the, yeah, but we played outside, didn't I, back then. But now, there are certain neighborhoods and many neighborhoods where you, not just even in the hood, in some suburban, you don't feel comfortable with your kids playing outside. But God says to Israel, now, this is nothing new, this ain't nothing new. Because when the spirit of violence is released in a country or community, what have you, and people stop caring and loving for each other, this is what happened in Jerusalem. And God says, I'm going to transform Jerusalem to a place now where boys and girls can now start playing and old folks can sit in the front of the porch again. How many believe God? He says the families, the, their economy and the community and the, the streets were no longer going to be a place of violence. And children are going to be able to play again. That was powerful. And then in verse 9, it's like he does a prophetic shift and he makes this divine proclamation. He says, unlike the way I treated you before. Unlike before, unlike the past when you started rebuilding the temple, there was such a widespread of unemployment. That's what he was saying there because he says the wages. And then verses 10 and verse 10, he says there was no wages for man and no hire for beasts. It was such a difficult time economically, he says, that there was a widespread unemployment and violence stalked your streets before. He says, but now. The seed will prosper. Now, I need some people that can just receive this shift. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And Father never sends his word. Come on, somebody. Uh, void. I don't read. He says it will prosper where I send it and accomplish what I please. And so if you're hearing this, I need you to believe God for this shift. He says now the seed will prosper or will start growing again, or will get well. In other words, there's going to be a divine reversal in Jerusalem. Now, some of you aren't shouting because you don't understand you are Jerusalem. Jerusalem is your home base. Jerusalem is your family. Jerusalem is your immediate community. Jerusalem is wherever God has sovereignly planted you. The seed will start prospering. 
I know some of you, your mind, I could just, I'm, I'm looking at your face and say, baby, he passed. He don't know. He, you just can't say that. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I just did. You can't just say that. He said, I would not treat you like I treated you before. Yeah, that's why you were afflicted. That's why you went through what you went through because you were disobedient. But I just changed. And those of you who are Bible and theologians understand that he's really prophetically speaking of this day or dispensation of grace. <laughs> but if you can hear by prophetic ears, you know that he's speaking to you now. That no matter how difficult it was when you walked in, no matter how difficult or health the skelter your life was, no matter, he says today. A divine reversal, reversal will take place in your Jerusalem. Here's what else he says. He says that they would be a blessing to the world instead of a curse. So God says today, I'm going to bring a divine reversal. Here it is. And he uses this metaphorical expression, which is important. A divine reversal for the seed. He could have called them the bride. He could have called them his covenant people. But he uses the expression or the metaphoric expression of the seed. He says this divine reversal will happen for the seed. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so he closes out in verses 17, 14 through 17 and says, Surely, as God has promised calamity to his people in the past because of their disobedience, so now he purposes to do good to them. We look at somebody and tell them something good is about to happen to you. Come on. Now, who is... Who is, why does he speak to them as seed? This is important. Who is the seed? Because if I don't know who the seed is, then I can't receive this today. Who is the seed? Or who are the seed? If you are an English teacher, I'm no, you know. Remnant of his people, here they are. They are the remnant of the people who survived the Babylonian exile. They are the people who survived. Maybe you didn't live in Babylon, but you have survived some stuff. The seed are those who have survived and have made it to this point. There are those who have survived some stuff. They have survived hardship. They have survived some pain. They have survived some misfortune. They have, they have survived some haterade. There's a lot of that going on. They have survived work conspiracies. 
They have survived broken relationships. They've had their heart broken. They have survived, they have survived divorces and bankruptcies and foreclosures. They have survived the loss of precious loved ones. They have survived job loss. They have survived health issues and they are still here. And now that they have survived, they shall prosper. Okay, I need about 50 survivors. Now, now I'm preaching to those who have gone through some tough things. Now I'm preaching to those who can say through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. It was grace that brought me this thus far, and it is grace that will lead me on. Now I'm talking to people who had to cry themselves through some nights. I'm talking to some people who had to go wake up with bags in their eyes. Now I'm talking to some people who had some people delete them from their faith phases. I'm talking to people who have survived job loss, who have survived pain, but yet they are still the remnant they are still here God says praise me cause you get ready to prosper I feel like shouting that one cause if you've gone through anything the last seven years and you are still standing and you are still worshiping and you the devil if he had his way he would have wiped you out long ago but he couldn't do it you're still standing you want to know why cause there's a seed in you that cannot die somebody give him praise for survival Hallelujah. God brought me through this thing. Nobody but Jesus brought me out of this. I've been through some stuff I can't even tell you about. I've experienced some stuff I can't even write about. I can't even tell you. Because if you knew it, you'd treat me different. But thanks be unto God, he never stopped loving me. He never stopped treating me right. Why? Because in this season, he's reversing. He's reversing everything. Hallelujah. The seed now. The seed will prosper. Where? In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem, Pastor? Jerusalem is my home base. Biblical theologians know that Jerusalem refers to God's first place of covenant relationship. Jerusalem. When we preach the gospel, he says, preach first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, then the othermost parts of the earth. But I start with your home base. Here's what Acts 17, 26, you can put that up in what media says. Watch this. Jerusalem, my immediate community. Jerusalem, here it is, where God has sovereignly planted me. Because every seed is a plan of God. You got, you got Acts 17, 26. Put up the NLT. Watch this. The NLT says. 
from one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they would rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. Every single one of us in this house today is a plant of God. Not only are you a plant of God, but he has already determined your day of elevation. Because you're only accounting your falls. You're only accounting your disappointments. But he has already predetermined your rise and fall. There's a glory on you that no matter what you're going through, if you stay where, if you just stay in Jerusalem, just stay planted and trust him. Just like there was a fall, there will be a rise. But he didn't just determine your fall and rise, but he's determined every man's, watch this, the boundaries of your habitation. In other words, you are living where you're living because God determined you to live there. You weren't born in Hollywood. You, might, you weren't even born in Lutherville. <laughs> you were born the way you were born in, among the people and culture that you were born because there is a glory in every nation. So this is not about you getting up and running plant because seeds can only blossom where they're planted settle in your heart that God's going to bless you right where you are oh I, I know I, I must be preaching to people who felt like running you felt like leaving out of that relationship. You felt like leaving out of that job. You felt like leaving out of that church. And you felt like, I don't know, I must be preaching to people who've been talking about, but God says, I determine your boundaries. I plant you where I want to plant you. Glory to God, family. And only God has the right to transplant you. If he wants to uproot you out of a city, out of a place, out of a church, out of a career, and place you in another place to plant, he can do that. But he better do it. Because he, everyone understands, even pl all planters understand, gardeners understand, that the highest risk is to transplant another plant. Is to pull a plant out of, watch this, his root, and place it somewhere, watch this, there's a high risk. In fact, there's a 50-50 chance. If you do it, if God does it, then wherever he plants you, you grow. In fact, some of y'all have been in the wrong location. Bless God. Somebody shout hallelujah. But he says, I determine because I am the planter. I need you to get that there, there's about, I, got, I don't need that much more time. Glory to God. 
the seed is critically important to understand this passage. You have to understand the seed as it relates to you and the kingdom of God. It is the primary principle of the kingdom, primary law of the kingdom of God. There are many spiritual laws, but the primary one is the seed law. In Genesis 3.15, God says the seed will be the redemptive catalyst to, to break the curse over humanity. He told the woman, I mean, he told the, the devil, he says, I am going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. And her seed shall bruise your head. Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth, you can write these scriptures down, as long as the earth remains, there will always be, what, come on, seed time and harvest. Now, God established these laws. And he, God is so bad, he's a bad God, he's an awesome God, that he submitted himself to his own laws. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 53 says, who has believed our report? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching fasting and teaching fasting. Y'all can put it up there, media. Oh, y'all doing good. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Jesus. And as a root out of the dry ground, he has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty we desire him. Jesus is a plant of God. God submitted Jesus to his own law. Verse Isaiah 53 and 10 says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, speaking of Christ, he shall see his seed, talking about you now. And he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So Jesus saw his seed. I'm trying to show you how the seed is the primary law and principle of the kingdom. He says now, Jesus saw his seed. He saw your life and my life. So he offered himself up. Glory to God. And God planted him in the earth. And that's why he goes on himself to say, he says, except a corn of wheat dies. Or is planted in the ground. It abides alone. Speaking of his death. He teaches in the earth. And he tells the disciples. The kingdom of God is as a man who casts a seed. He told them in Matthew 13 and in Mark 14, 4. He says if you don't understand this principle. You don't understand any of the other principles. You must understand the law of the seed. So write this down. Number one, law of the seed. It has potential. God's bringing a reverse because he sees your potential. The whole essence of a seed is its potential. 
When you buy a package of seeds, you buy it with a picture on it. Come on, how do you know? So, so you can look at that seed, but watch this. In your mind, you got to picture its potential. Things are shifting for you because God has a picture of your life. You're, <laughs> you're, you are much greater than what you see happening in your life now. Mike, when he planted you, he planted you with a picture. Look at somebody say, I got potential. I'm his seed. Things have got to change. Hallelujah. Law number two concerning the seed. A seed must be planted. No matter how potent or no matter, potent or no matter how much potential a seed has, it must be planted in, a ground, in the ground. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You've got to release the seed in the ground. Okay, here, this will help you out. Every seed has to have some dirt on it. That's for you folk that ain't never been through nothing. Don't have nothing. Amen. You don't, your life does not have to be perfect to be blessed. Glory to God. Every seed has got to go in the ground and has to be covered with dirt. That's for those of you that don't believe things are reversing. <laughs> but if you know you're a seed, you can shout. Number three, every seed must go through the germination process. Process. That seed goes in the ground. It is a, it's, 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 it's mystical how there is an embryo actually within, uh, under the coating or protective coating of a seed. That never, ever dies. You can't kill a seed. When Jesus even talked about the dying of it, he was talking about the peeling that takes place on the ground. And while that's peeling, the water is, 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 is providing enzymes or, or protein to that embryo. It is actually awakening that embryo. Some of y'all going to come, you're going to know who you are this year. I'm telling you. It's, it has to. It's, it's, it's mystical. It's mysterious. Even Jesus says, he says, you plant the seed and you know not how it's going to grow. You don't know. That's why when you give offerings and plant seed, you might as well, listen, stop complaining. Stop looking at your bank account. Don't try to figure it out because at that moment, the moment it hits the ground, it activates the miracle process of seed time. And at that moment, when the farmer puts it in the ground and it is under the earth, he has no more power at all. He can do nothing. He is totally dependent on the God of heaven. 
So when you plant a seed, you have, it activates a miracle. That's why God says, I can bring a reverse. Because if you need a miracle, I have the power to bring forth a miracle. If you have been going through some hard stuff, if you have been in process, don't get discouraged. If you have got to the end of the road, if you have got the door slammed in your face, if it looks like it's not going to happen, it's not going to change, if you understand the seed and the process, you know that God will bring you to a point where you need a miracle. Is there anybody here that said, God, I need a miracle? Come on, I need somebody. Listen, you don't qualify for this reverse unless you need a miracle. If you can do it yourself, then you don't need God. If you can fix your own marriage, then you don't need God. If you can get yourself out of debt, then you don't need God. If you can jumpstart your own ministry, then you don't need God. If you can turn your own career around, then you don't need God. If you can fix your own income, then you don't need God. But if you need God to reverse something today... God told me you're right in the right place. You've been in the process. But today, things are getting ready to reverse. Well, apostle, how do you know? Because principle number four is that every seed has reductive resurrection power. Every seed built within it has the ability to spring up. It can spring up in spite of how dry the ground is. This miracle power in the seed is so awesome that it can literally spring up through cement. Have you ever seen cement and plants? Shut up, I feel the Holy Ghost. And seen plants spring up in cement? That's how powerful this seed is within you. That's why I can declare that things are getting ready to change for you. That's why I can declare that God is about to reverse everything. Somebody give God a praise for the reversal. You're not shouting like you believe it. I say you're not shouting like you believe it. He says it will happen, Zechariah. It will happen now. They've been planted. Hallelujah. They have been planted. I've seen Israel's potential because I'm the one that made them. I'm the one that saved them. That's what Peter was saying. I am the one that purged you through my word. I am the one that put the incorruptible seed in you. So God says, I have planted you, I know your potential, and I have allowed you to go through process. But now, I need about a hundred people that have something on the inside that says, I know this is my year to break through. I done been through too much hell not to break through. I done had too many haters not to break through. I done had my heart broken too many times not to break through. I have struggled paying my bills too long not to break through. But is there somebody here that will shout for your miracle? 
Because God says today, divine reversal is hitting your Jerusalem. It's hitting your house. It's hitting your children. It's hitting your finances. It's hitting your body. It's hitting your community. Somebody shout yes. It's hitting your ministry. It's hitting everything that's connected with you. Everything that went down with you. Everything that fell with you has got to get up with you. Somebody say, get up, get up, get up, get up. Come on, get up, get up. He says, Israel, the seed's going to be prosperous. You're going to experience growth. You're going to experience growth. Anybody ready to grow? I said, anybody ready to grow? I didn't. Growth is more important than more money. If I can get you to grow up on the inside, you can change your outside. Growth. Character adjustment. It goes on to tell them now you can start treating your neighbor right. Now you can start speaking truth because the seed... Is prospering now. He says the fruit vine shall bring forth fruit for you. Yeah, you're going to be more productive. I'm done. But just stay. And your life is not covered by Jesus. There ain't no other way. There's only one sheet that's coming down from heaven. And his name is Jesus. And if you're not covered today, I don't care what you've done, how much you've done it, how often you did it. If you're not covered today, you're not saved. According to the Bible, you can be, you'll be saved when you're covered by Jesus. If I'm talking to you, I want you to lift your hands and say, Preacher, pray for me. I want to give Jesus my heart. When you lift your hands, if you're not sure, you're covered. Every hand down except those who want to be saved. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, cover my life. I believe you died for me. I believe your blood cleanses me and makes me right with God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. In Jesus' name. We'd like to thank you for listening to this life-changing message. We hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today. You can send a monetary donation to our ministry online at www.dreamlifewc.com.